You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 202, covering The Darkness and the Light and The Begotten. Hello, friends. Hi, everybody. We're back. Running out of ways to say hello, friends. Well, we've been doing this over 200 times, so... That is true, but I only started the friends thing about, I don't know, 50? Something yeah, like that? Some, whatever. I don't remember. Who remembers? Somebody does, but I don't care. Yeah. Hi, guys. Hi. Uh, I left a note here for me to remind myself to uh, remind you, uh-huh. the listeners, oh. that our... No, you know this already. Do I? Our, our crossover with the Drunken Time Travel Lads is coming uh, yes. up. Uh, we will be uh, teaming up with our good friends, the Gavs, uh, who normally talk about Doctor Who, and talking about neither Doctor Who nor Star Trek. No, no. We will be talking about the infamous Star Wars holiday special, because Matt said so. Yep. It was Matt's and, terrible idea. And if there's one thing we do on this show, it's do whatever I say. Well, I mean, you're you're 50% of this show, which means you're 25% of this overall effort, so you get a vote. <laughs> I don't know how you got the deciding vote. Well, but... no, I think what happened was nobody had any better ideas. This is true. It's like, well, we could watch more Doctor Who and Star Trek. Yeah, but the problem is either we watch non-canon stuff, which is usually terrible. Yes. Or we watch something that we've either already seen or we'll be getting to eventually. Yeah. Like, there's nothing, there's really nothing left for us that we could think of. So, so... screw it. We'll watch Star Wars instead. Yeah. But the Star Wars holiday special. Yeah. Uh, but I mentioned this because it's coming up in a few weeks, and uh, we have a nice little promotion going on. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is very simple. Uh, there's a listener of both of our shows who put together a bunch of really cool uh, designs for stickers. Uh, his name is Steve. He's he's done a lot of really fun art for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want these stickers, we will send them to you for nothing. Yes. All you got to do is write to us, uh, postatomichorror at gmail. Put your address, your mailing address, in the email, and, I don't know, say some words to us. Yep. And we'll send you some stickers. That's it. Yeah. Ask us a question, pat us on the back, complain about stuff, whatever you want. We yeah. don't care. The world we, we, is your whatever. Yeah. Your Tarkalian oyster, probably. Yes. But uh, yeah, all you got to do is is write to us or write to them, mm-hmm. uh, drunkentimetravel at gmail. doesn't matter. It'll come to, to both shows either way. Yeah. Uh, do it before we record on December 20th. And like I say, put some text in there for, for us to read on the show and also put your address, which we will not read on the show. And we will send you stickers. That's it. There are six uh, post-atomic horror stickers. No, I think there are eight, actually. Mm. Six or eight, I don't remember. Post-atomic horror stickers and an equal number of Doctor Who uh, drunken time travel stickers. Yes. So. And they're delightful. Yeah, each one more delightful than the last one. As long as you put them in an order from least delightful to most delightful, that is correct. Well, yes. So do that. And now I have done that, and now I can throw this note away. Good work. Matt. Nice job. Tell us about this episode, what's called The Darkness and the Light. Oh, you want to hear about The Darkness and the Light, huh? Mm. Well, the listeners do. I already know all Oof. about it, but you, you go ahead. All right. So Kira's in a shitty mood because a bunch of her friends in the Resistance are dying again. Also, she keeps getting threatening phone calls, so it's not a great day all around. Also, she's still wicked pregnant. Oda posts extra guards outside her quarters, but then more of Kira's friends, and then Kira herself beat them all up. And then Kira's friends also die when Chief O'Brien's quarters uh, mysteriously explosively decompress. Fortunately, Chief O'Brien wasn't in them at the time. Unfortunately, neither was Keiko. (laughs) With all her friends dead, Kira goes on a roaring rampage of revenge, first stopping in Odo's office to steal a list of suspects. Which should be impossible since Odo has to protect his files from fucking Quark. But anyway, after crossing two names off of the list of 23, Kira hits Paydirt on her first try in the rundown kook shack of Siller and Prin. (laughs) Then Prin shoots her and she falls right on her belly, so so much for the wee baby O'Brien. Prin wakes her up and tells her he wants revenge for her for her making him into the Cardassian Two-Face. Then he rants in metaphor for a while and tries to scoop the smushed remains of the wee baby O'Brien out of her. Luckily, he didn't count on Kira kicking him in the face, which she does until the day is saved. <laughs> Roaring rampage of revenge, that's tough. <laughs> Thanks, Kill Bill. Oh, is that what that's from? Yes. Ah, okay. What about Rundown Kook Shack? <laughs> nope, that one's 100% me. That's, that is a good turn of phrase. I quite like that. I'm going to uh, 
I'm going to remember that one for the next time we feature a rundown cooch shack. I feel like it's going to come up again. Yep. Although I will say this, I don't know what it was. It was sort of a futury looking mobile home kind of thing. It definitely, I mean, it definitely captured the feeling of both a, you know, futuristic dwelling and... And a lone nut. And a lone nut. Like Perhaps this is where the Unabomber of the future lives. Yes, exactly. Perhaps muttering to himself in the desert. Yes, that that was it. But it was it was I like the look of it. Like it was not our typical flaming trash can place or a tra- you know terrible paper mache cave. Like nope. it was a little different, which is good. And it it also featured both darkness and light. Oh boy, did it ever feature darkness and light? Yeah. So that's a thing. It featured the darkness of the lights being turned out and the light of the lights being turned back on. Clap on, clap off, the clapper. I, I really love the idea of them having the clapper still in, in the 24th century. Of course they do. Computer! <laughs> so you have to preface it with computer. Yeah, of course you do. Now, do the ones on Bejor only work if you do that weird backwards clap that yeah, Bejorans do? Yeah, absolutely. You can't just do like a normal clap. What are you, crazy? Like a human clap. Don't, don't say normal. That's so human-centric. Yeah, well, I'm human. Well, all right, fair enough. Um... I thought this was interesting. I actually didn't think it was that interesting. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. But I thought it was interesting to tell a story where Kira, like Kira was just sort of pregnant in the background for most of the time and to use it as sort of a, like, this is her obstacle. Like, yeah. la- last week we had the episode with Odo where he's not a shapeshifter and it actually impeded his, his progress. Yeah. Like, it, it made things difficult for him. And it's nice to show she's not, like... <laughs> Right now, she's in a position where she can't do all the the sort of high energy ass kicking she's used to. She's got to waddle to from place to place, and you know, you know, it actually comes up. She's like, "If I wasn't pregnant, I'd be out there right now kicking the crap out of people." Well, you are, and she does it anyway. She just can't do a full on roundhouse kick right now. No, is the thing <laughs> she has to aim low and uh, right. sort of fall into your knees. Yeah. No, and it, it it reminded me a bit of Fargo, both uh the the movie and the TV show, mm. actually. Um where you have this this very capable, strong female character who unfortunately is saddled with a very defining thing that many females go through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's 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 a bit difficult for her. And it's interesting to see Kira, who normally, you know, doesn't miss a beat. Doesn't give a to, damn what you think. That doesn't give a damn about your obstacles. <laughs> having to waddle. It's just, I, I don't know, I like that. It's also, we haven't really, you know... Like, most of this, of the season she's been pregnant for is just sort of her, you know, off somewhere. Right, they'll make some jokes about it or whatever. Yeah, but she tends to sit episodes out or just sort of, you know, not be there. So it's cool giving her, like, actual stuff to do. Well, we know Nana Visitor has now, like, in in, uh, production time, had the baby. Yes. And for the last few has just been pretending. Which, I don't know if I mentioned this on the show or not, but that's gotta be so fucking weird. Yeah, because, you know... She's she's done. She's, hey, oh, the baby's finally. done. I don't have to deal with this crap anymore. Well, here, put on this fake belly, and uh, yeah, we're not going to be able to make time for you to give birth for another four episodes. Yeah, so you're going to have to like remember what it was like to walk oh, like that, fuck. and like hold your back, you know, arch your back in that way that pregnant women do, yep. and so forth. More believable than usual, mm-hmm. I would say. Oh, than, definitely. Than your typical actor acting like they're pregnant because she just was. I mean, she should know. Yeah, just exactly. Keep, just keep doing that. Yeah, yeah, you're fine. That thing you were doing two weeks ago, just do yeah. that. Right. Um, you mean cursing sitting? All right. <laughs> I can do that. Um, so I'm going to jump right to my bad thing. Please do. Okay, this one wasn't poorly written or anything. And I don't even usually mind stories about Kira's resistance stuff. Like, like it's kind of like when we get stories about the occupation. Like I, I like that. I like mm. knowing what people got up to before they got here. But I don't know. This one kind of bored me. It just like I wasn't that invested in it. It was. I think the story beats were just too like I've seen this before. Yeah, I know everyone else is gonna die, and then she's gonna face down the killer, and yeah. everything's fine. I think it's just you know we've seen it, and there's not a whole there's not enough variation in this episode to make it sort of stand out from right all of the other times she's had to face crazy people who were mad at her for stuff she did during the resistance and the thing is i didn't dislike any of those other episodes and i i still like her old friends like oh yeah they the, were they the, were fine the pair the the chick and the dude who like sneak up on her in her uh in her quarters mm-hmm. and um i don't know there's something about the dude he he seems kind of dumb yeah and it like he seems very capable but he also seems very limited he's got that putty vibe to him a little bit but putty mm, 
but he seemed like he might have had some depth. This guy, not at all. He just seems kind of, I don't know. There's something I like. He's just like, he was the, the phaser guy, yeah, you know? He's like, like He's like the human equivalent of a thumb. Right. It, you know, useful, important. But kind of dull. Yeah. And stubby. Yeah. But uh, I don't know, something about him I like just, it, he didn't, it, mostly because they tend to cast the same kind of person in the same kind of roles all the time, and he was just, he's a little off type, and that's yeah. what I liked. I like when they do that. I like when they, they go a little off type for, you know, like not every terrorist is the same. Yeah, not not, every, and it, it's know. nice. Like it makes them more unique when they actually come back. We've seen these guys before. Yeah. Uh, we won't be seeing them again. Well, no. Um, Unless we get, I don't. Getting sucked out of an airlock tends to do that to you. Yeah. I don't know if we get flashbacks. We might see them again. Oh, but, maybe. But, I don't remember. But uh, as far as the, the story moving forward, we will never see them they again. They are very, very dead. They tampered in God's domain. Oof. Uh, so, but your good thing kind of ties in, like, there was one sort of bright spot, which was a dark spot. Yeah. Which is your good thing. So there's a scene where this guy, the evil Two-Face Cardassian, uh, Siller and Prin. Hester um, Prin. Hester Prin. Uh, with the, with the, uh, Cardassian logo in red on his chest. Right. Anyway, uh, where he's getting ready to just cut the baby out of Kira with a laser scalpel, and it's just very, bleh, yeah. Like, it yeah, comes it's... across as gen- genuinely upsetting, and Nana Visitor really sort of uh, looks suitably, utterly terrified. Well, that's the thing. Even though this was sort of by the numbers, I will give her credit, as I always do, mm-hmm. or usually do. Like, she's she's got a bigger range than a lot of the other guys, and she sold all the stuff that was going on. Yeah. No, but when he comes out with his, like, creepy, squeaky gurney... Yeah. ...that looks a little too, um, not clean... Right. And he's even got, like, the laser scalpel that's just like, ooh. Yep. It's just like, no, yeah, it's... All, while he, well, all while he mutters to himself. No, it's it's good stuff. It's actually, like, like Star Trek, you've pointed this out more because you're more of a, of a horror guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would say this more is, like, a, a thriller kind of thing. Yeah. But same, you know, same ballpark. The, the idea that Star Trek often tries that vibe and fails horribly. Absolutely. This was supposed to be creepy, and it actually was. This mm-hmm. guy... Had her in his home that was far from anyone. She could scream and no one would hear it. And and he's about to cut this baby out of her. Yep. It's, it's kind of horrible. Yeah. And it, it worked. Like, the rest of it was just kind of, Now, yeah. Well, that, now, let's talk about the flip side of that. That brings me to my bad thing. Um, uh-huh. The actual dude, um, mm-hmm. pretty terrible. I hate when my evil crazy guys get rambly and poetic and monologue like, I just, there's nothing more annoying than some guy trying to make his stupid point with a bunch of stupid metaphors. Yep. Like, this dude would be so much more creepy and unsettling if he just talked like a normal person. But no, instead he's gonna, like, hide in the shadows and talk about the darkness and the light and call her it. And it's, oh, shut up. Yeah. No one it, takes you seriously. It, it was not great. It, it it reminds me of there there are certain tropes of, you know, horror movies, thrillers, whatever mm-hmm. that that bug me, I think, more than they bug you because you watch a lot of them and you've seen them done well. Yep. Whereas I've mostly just seen them done badly. And so I kind of think that it's like little kids chanting is never scary to me. Mm-hmm. Just never, never scary. I'm sure there must be a time where it was. But it doesn't work for me. And this is just another one of those things. Yeah. Like, oh, he's unbalanced, and, you know, the darkness and the light, and uh-huh. he's reading bad high school poetry. Yeah, whatever. What what, what did you say? The ice, it burns. <laughs> <laughs> That's about right. Uh-huh. Shut up. Yeah. What are you, 14? <laughs> he, he sure seems like it. Yeah. But he's also, like, the weird phantom of the opera, like, like staying in the darkness because he's he's half ugly. Uh-huh. And, uh, and he has a penguin hand. You 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 spotted like pieces of like five or six Batman villains. I can spot day. Batman villains from miles away. This is true. If someone decides to be two of them, I will let him know. So is he? Does that make him like three face? Well, I mean, I guess if there's a third face somewhere. No, I'm saying if he's if he's the Penguin, that's one face. Then if he's two face, that's two more faces. Right. So that's three face. That makes sense. Yeah. Wait, yeah. I got one face, two face, red face, three face, blue, blue face. face. <laughs> Yeah, no, that logic checks out. Something borrowed, something blue. <laughs> something of the dead, something of the body. Uh, my good thing, 
was there there's a scene where okay yeah kira as as you said in your summary is getting uh harassing phone calls yep uh which end up being her own voice manipulated to to say that's one that's two you know every time a new uh, yeah a new person's killed and it's it's the usual uh wait computer freeze enhance grid 5a rotate 45 degrees only it's with audio yeah and nog's there and he's helping out and while i i'm getting kind of sick of Oh, Ferengi have big ears. They can hear. That That's a little tedious to me. It is cool. As you pointed out, it's cool that he does something useful. I like, I like. you know, he's he's back now, and he's in Starfleet. I mean, you know, he's uh, in the Academy still. He's yeah, he's good. on, like, temporary assignment. But yeah. yeah. But, like, I like him being useful, you know? Like, I, like, this is what we used to talk about back when Wesley was on the crew. It's like, the, the best stuff happens with these guys... When they're just a part of the crew. Yeah, when they a, make him part of the team and he actually contributes yeah. something. Yeah, Like, best of both worlds, Wesley, when they're throwing crazy ideas. Like, I don't know, let's try this. Let's try the main deflector dish. Let's, like, he's with the engineering guys spitballing and trying to come up with stuff. That's, that's like, the best Wesley. Yeah, it's like, okay, you deserve to be here. Prove why, you know, yep. instead of just... It, and, and they found a cool thing for him to do that makes sense and is also a part of his, like, you know, not character, but race, I guess. Yeah, like I say, I don't like, oh, they got ears so they can hear. But it goes beyond that because it goes, he, he's noticing cadence, which isn't yeah. hearing ability. That's more analyzing. Yeah. So that's cool. And it, I don't know, it was a neat scene. And it yeah. was a neat scene because I, like, I've done enough audio editing that I knew what he was talking about and it all sort of worked. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, if you listen to something long enough, you can tell that's the same recording. That's the, that I was pasted together from different recordings. That, like, I like that. That mm. was cool. So, yeah. Uh, still not much Nog around, which is fine. Yeah. Because he shouldn't be. Like, he should be sort of in the background helping when he can, but... Well, that's know. the thing. He shouldn't be doing important things. He should be doing, you know, shit detail. Right. That's what you give to the guy doing his, uh, his practicum or whatever the fuck he's doing. Well, they they said he, he does a little bit of everything. Yeah. Because he was helping Chief O'Brien, he was helping... I don't remember what else. I don't remember what it was he said he was going to go do, and O'Brien's like, "Ugh, good luck with that." But th- there was some awful thing he was about yeah, to go do. Muck around in waste disposal or whatever. Yeah. Oh, that was it. Yeah, waste disposal. Uh, but then also, um, yeah, he gets to work. Like, presumably, if there's a rotation, he'll also be up in ops at some point. Yep. So yeah, that makes sense. So that's cool. Hey, we got a weird uh, listening thing. Who's our best listener on the crew? Get me that guy. <laughs> I'm here and I brought my my ears. So not Worf, then. No. Not a great listener. Nope. If you need someone to take some good vacations, though. Yep. I brought you back my holiday snaps. I I will say Worf has a nice scene. I, they seem to be making a concerted effort to, after the tedious Risa thing. Yeah. Making him like, oh shit, I could lose this awesome woman that I have. I better be good to her. <laughs> and so he's, he's being kind of cute and flirty and playful with her. Yeah, Which I some... like. Like, there's a there's a nice vibe between them, and you can see the affection now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was almost my quote, actually. Their their whole scene together. Yeah, it's like she they they just got back from somewhere, and she lost a bunch of money gambling, and she's like, "I, I have the money, most of it, most of it." And then there's a pause. Worf, can I? No, no. Fine, I'll borrow it from Quark. He likes me. <laughs> it's it's adorable, <laughs> but it's it's cute between the two of them because. You've never seen Worf sort of let down his defenses and and be sort of softer with someone, yeah. and it's it's nice. It's always it's a, I always think it's good to see why that relationship works. Yeah, because the Risa thing sort of called out, "Hey, yeah, this shouldn't work." No, you guys. And so now he's trying really hard because he wants it to work. Yeah, no, it's it's some good subtle character stuff, and I like yeah, you know, I like seeing that kind of thing. When you when you score a woman like Jadzia. And and you are put suddenly in danger of losing her. You're like shit. I better I better war. I better make this work. Don't fuck uh, this up. Don't fuck this up. Don't yeah, fuck exactly. This up. Don't fuck this up. She's 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 way out of your league. Dude. Oh man. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go back to Troy. <laughs> uh, what else? <laughs> Lux wanna Troy. <laughs> well, making the rounds. Welcome back, Mister Wolf. Mister Wolf. <laughs> oh. Uh, what else? Um, oh, there was a nice bit. This was al- almost my other good thing was, um, there was a nice bit of set it up and pay it off in the plot with, uh, Kira mentions to Bashir just sort of in passing, uh, I can't take these roots you want me to take or herbs or whatever they are. Cause like they, they counteract sedatives. Yeah. 
And they mention it once or twice without beating you over the head with it. And then at the end, she convinces the dude before he wants to rip the baby out to, to sedate her, and the sedatives don't work. And it's like, oh, yeah, nice payoff. Yeah, that's actually, that's really, that's like, that's some good uh, story writing there. Yeah, because it's hard to plant that there mm-hmm. without obviously planting that there and then pay it out. Like, it's it's a fine line to walk. Yeah. Because you want to mention it, but you don't want to talk about it too much. No, they do it, they bring it up in the first scene of the of the episode. Yeah, and then when her friends come to visit, they bring some fresh ones. Yeah, to remind you of it. Here we, here you go. We brought you some of those herbs you need. Listen. Yeah, instead of replicated ones, we picked some out of our back garden. Which yeah, is, yeah, that's cool. Listen, you bring me herbs. They'd better be weed. Yeah. That's four twenty. You know what that means? Oh, is that a code? <laughs> well, look, we learn in the next episode that you need to be fucking relaxed to have, to give birth to a Bajoran baby. So apparently, so. You know. Right. Smoke a couple of these and watch them be with some butthead. <laughs> which I assume they'll still have in the twenty fourth century. I, I cannot relax when I watch Beavis and Butthead. As 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 much as student I as I am of comedy, as much as I watch and say, hmm, that's clever. <laughs> I, Beavis and Butthead makes me double over with laughter. <laughs> One of the few things where I cannot control myself. So that would not relax me. Don't know why. Just there you go. <laughs> Especially when Beavis is trying to explain stuff to people. <laughs> that is the funniest shit. I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah oh, that makes a lot. No, this is the, oh, it's when Butthead's explain. Uh, no, this is the seminiferous tubloidal buttonoids. <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway. Uh, I actually, like, <laughs> this segment may be a bit short because I don't have anything else this to say episode, about This episode, there's not a, like, I, <clears throat> the only thing I can figure is that they're trying to build tension in this episode, but it doesn't really work. You know, no. like it, tr- they try to execute it like, you know, it's this weird mystery that's going on. But, you know, I just don't really care. And it just it, there's a lot of people, you know, wandering around worrying. Yeah. And they kill off people we've seen before, but they're not really people we're attached. To. No, I don't remember. I didn't remember either. Of the, either of these. I, I remembered them, but they've been in one episode, maybe two at the most. It might have been a two parter. I don't remember. No, I, I, I totally well, I mean, they could have been any of. Any Akira's yeah. old friends. I don't, I only realized when I looked it up on Memory Alpha, it's like, oh, these guys have been in that other episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when she almost quit and rejoined the Resistance. Yeah. Because Kai Wynn wanted to take away the Reclamators or whatever. Uh, it was her and Shikar and those. Oh, two. right. And they went out in the mountains for a while. Yeah. No, it was, there were four of them and one of them is her boyfriend now and yeah. those are the other two. Oh, uh, yeah. So, so it's not like, it's not like there's a big crowd of them. Right. Like, it's just the ones that were not her boyfriend, <laughs> who is also now the president. Yes, president boyfriend. Right, <laughs> president boyfriend, <laughs> which is the uh, the future gender swap version of Doctor Girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the voice is still exactly us? the same, though. Yes. Uh, yes, yes, I do. What is the quote? It is this. You're lucky I didn't shoot you. Well, I could say the same about you. What are you doing creeping around in a dark room with a phaser? I live here. That is a nice quote. I just thought it was funny. It is. That is it's a, it's been a while. Or maybe it hasn't been a while. I don't fucking remember, actually. But I went for the funny one this time. Yeah. I, I tend to try to do that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, you know, sometimes something really badass happens, and i rather go with that. Yeah. It, it all depends. Really. But in this case, that's some great delivery on Kira's part. Yeah. I no, just... she she did a great job in this. I just, I feel like yeah. it was just sort of standard. Not not bad. It's not just bad, not... you know, except yeah, for the end. Fine. Fucking, mm-hmm. that Cardassian guy sucks. Yeah. Also, fair. you know, we, we, we have surgery. We can fix your face. Yeah. Like, that's true. if I can make, if I can start making people different races. Yeah, if I can make Kira a Cardassian, I can absolutely make you a Cardassian who are, who is already a Cardassian. Yeah. I can fix, <laughs> I can fix your gross, busted up face. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry about your face. <laughs> a little melty there. Ooh. That's just hanging on there, huh? Yeah. Don't not great. Try not to pick at it. All right. Anything else? Uh, no. <laughs> then let's move on to the boondoggle, as you kept calling it. <laughs> or the begotten, as it's actually known. Al, what's this one called again? It's the begotten. Oh, yeah. I kept thinking of it as the boondoggle. <laughs> the boondocks. <laughs> Quirk approaches Odo with a cylinder full of goo that he claims is a baby changeling that he just accidentally happened upon in some business transaction. I'd be inclined to believe him, except isn't this exactly how he came upon that baby Jem'Hadar that one time? 
Once is an accident, Quark, twice is a pattern. So Odo takes custody of the thing and begins talking to it sweetly, just like he talks to absolutely nobody. I know you can't understand me, he says, but I'm sure I read someplace that you're supposed to talk to babies. Or was that house plants? Anyway, my dad was a total dick, and I'm going to do everything I can not to be a total dick to you. This naturally triggers the station's dramatic coincidence alert, and in walks Dr. Mora, the dick dad Odo was just talking about. What are the odds? The two of them argue over the best way to raise a puddle of possibly living goo, with Mora taking the position that in his day, people beat their changelings, and they were better off for it. Odo, for his part, prefers a more touchy-feely, let-it-make-its-own-mistakes approach that's completely in line with his usual hippie ways. Though that Odo... Wait, what? <laughs> Meanwhile, Kira's finally having her goddamn baby. Hilarity ensues, I guess. Back in the lab, the changeling is showing real developmental progress. And apparently the writers were taking advice from a bright up-and-coming showrunner named Jay Whedon because this is precisely when the gut punch is delivered and the baby changeling dies. But not before seeping into Odo's body and restoring his shape-shifting abilities. Somehow. Shut up. It's touching. Who cares? I care. Do you really? That's my bad thing. Is it? Yep. Let's hear it. That baby giving Odo back his shape-shiftiness. It, it's just too easy. It doesn't feel earned, and it doesn't like we spent nearly enough time with Odo as a solid before losing it again. Like, there's some real, like, I think there's some real story stuff there, and they just seem to like, it's only been like, what, five episodes? It's been 12 episodes. It's been 12 episodes? Yeah, it happened at the end of last season. Jesus And Christ. we're up to episode 12 of this season now. All right, well, it's still, it's like, you know, and, uh, the changeling uh, went into his pores and gives it back to him. That's fine. No. Now, see, I think the means by which it happened were a little cheap. I'll give you that. Mm. But I think you got to remember at the time, again, they were not allowed to serialize at all. Mm. And the fact that they changed like one of, I would say, the top three characters of the show, like one of the main characters, one of his primary characteristics, they took it away and kept it taken away for the first half of the season. Mm -hmm. That was at the time like unheard of. Like, why? wait, the changeling's not a changeling? What the hell? Like, that would be like, I don't know, like when Picard got kidnapped and keeping him kidnapped for 12 episodes yeah. or something. Like, what? No. <laughs> Give the Enterprise back. It's not, it doesn't belong to Captain Jellicoe. It's, it's Picard's. Oh, that guy. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. At the time, like, yeah, now it's easy to look back and say, oh, yeah, but you could have told a great story if you did it for a full season or three seasons or, yeah, but they didn't really tell stories like that back then. This was still pretty ballsy. I suppose. So, but I, I get you. Still a stupid way to give it to bring it. No, back. it was uh, the the actual means were ridiculous. Uh, if I had known all I had to do was scrub myself with a changeling, I would have gone and got one. I think he just need to drink one. Oh, that makes sense. So all changelings are just potions. I get. Yeah, just go like stick a stick a straw in the great link, <laughs> and just drink a until you have straw. enough. Yeah. Well, of course. Make it a little fun for them before they die. <laughs> We oh. <laughs> ah, now I can shapeshift again. Now the question I have is, would that work for any humanoid or just a former changeling? Right. That's the other, I mean, Memory Alpha says it's like, oh no, it works because remember he still has changeling stuff in his brain? Yeah, that I'm was like, the bullshit like well, uh, was... Technobabble they came up with in that terrible dream episode. Yeah, it's like, well that was bullshit then too. It's all bullshit. You're crazy. Shut up. Yep. I'm not angry about it. The thing is, the episode is so great. Oh, it's it's an awesome episode. That I, I I'm I've said this many times before. I'm willing to overlook some of that when it comes to just because character stuff. Because character arc wise, for him to be so like we've never seen him happier than he is just before. Right. He's drinking with Quark and laughing. Yeah, great scene by the way too. Oh, it was, and and it it was nearly my quote, but it's too long. Yeah. It's like it's like three minutes long. And it was nearly the cover art, but there isn't a good shot of the two of them in the same frame. Mm -hmm. But it's it's a great scene where Odo's just genuinely happy, and the only good friend he has on the station, apart from Kira, who's probably sleeping right now, nah. is Quark. And so he's sharing his joy with Quark. Have a drink. Let me tell you how my life's going. Things are pretty great. It's like, and wait, what's the, happening? Yeah, that's it. And uh, Quark doesn't believe him at first, but then he then he's like, okay. This sure. is a trap, right? Yeah. <laughs> Look, whatever it is, I did it. You want your money back? Oh, okay. Fine. Like, just stop it. You're freaking me out, man. Yeah. He's smiling and laughing, and that is the exact moment. Like I said, it's very Joss Whedon-y. Yep. It felt very much like a Buffy thing. Like, they're at their, the pinnacle of their happiness. That's when you pull it away. Yep. 
And it's beautiful. I like my, my football. Oh no. Oh, I like to say holy crap. You blockhead. <laughs> I want my five cents back for that therapy. <laughs> um, but really my, my good thing is it's a testament to just how good Odo's character is mm. and how good Rene Albergenois' performance is that we can have a story where there's no real danger to anyone we know. Like the only the only person who dies is never takes human form. Nope. Like we we that's another part of it is we manage to sympathize with this animate pile of goo, but yeah. it never like it almost sort of forms a face once, and yeah, that's it. It it, it it vaguely turns into a bever hand for a couple of seconds. Before, yeah, uh, that, that's all we get. Yeah. Uh, but there's no like it's just Odo being happy, then bitter, then happy, then sad, and that's it. Like it's just. It's total character piece, and I love it. Mm-hmm. I love that that this show like has made it possible to have good, quiet character episodes where we learn more about our guys and watch them go through stuff they've never gone before, and we don't have to have the deadly danger. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine Next Gen doing this; they they couldn't, and it wasn't that show's fault. It was the fact that that happened in the '80s and early '90s. Yeah, and, you need to have some kind of deadly danger, right? This show pushed it a little further. Mm-hmm. And I wish Next Gen had stuck around to be able to do that because it would have been nice to have that on that show as well. Yeah. No, I but mean, it was... the B-plot is very quiet. Yeah, the whole thing is just very quiet. Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, And I love the, the well, I, now I'm going to spill over into your good thing. So let's, uh, yeah. why don't you just. I just, uh, I love seeing Odo go through his dad crap with Dr. Moran. They've got a really, actually very unique relationship for Star Trek. They do, but it also is very... Like, I, I was thinking about this, how grounded it is. It's like, someone's got dad issues, and his dad's telling him how to raise his kid, and he's like, no, I'm not going to screw him up the way you screwed me up, well, and it's and very... Al- and also, you fucking, like, from my point of view, you beat me as a kid, so... Yeah, but it's just, it's it's so relatable in a way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's so, you could see this in a non-sci-fi context very easily. Oh, absolutely. But it also really works. Like, I don't I just, I'm, I'm very pleased with it. I just... I... Odo, Odo's, like, this came up in the last Dr. Moore episode, and I, like, I I just really love this relationship, because uh-huh. it's like, he's one of the few people who can get under Odo's skin. Yeah. That he has now. Oh, he's, <laughs> he's so uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, we saw this the first time he showed up. Yeah. He's just incredibly, oh, God. And, like, and Dr. Moore is so, like, constantly fascinated with everything Odo does, and everything the cha- the new Changeling baby's <laughs> doing, and every like... It's it's a real it's just an interesting dynamic to me. Yeah, and what I what I particularly like mm. is that Odo's uh, a bit unfair. Oh, like, absolutely. Like typically what you get uh with a show that has where a character has daddy issues, which is most shows <laughs> because writers tend to have daddy's daddy issues. What? What? <laughs> is is the dad portrayed as very obviously in the wrong yeah. and the protagonist being the, the victim. And here it's more like, no, you see, he was a scientist. He didn't know Odo was alive at first. Yeah. So he was poking and prodding because he didn't know any better. He didn't know what hurt him. And then he had the Cardassians breathing down his, his Cardassian neck trick to get to, <laughs> to get results. Yeah. So there's always like, you know what I mean? There's always a reason for it. And it's never like he was cruel. Yeah. And I just, I really like that. Well, I mean, there's also, you know, I feel like even after Odo became, like, he realized Odo was sentient, there's a little bit of overzealousness there in the whole, in the whole uh, experiment thing. There is, but I still think Odo's being unfair. I, I, no, I agree. I'm just saying. Because Mora clearly cares for him. Yeah, I'm just saying no one's perfect here. No, 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 absolutely. But it's not, it's not the typical one-sided, like, the dad was wrong and the kid is a victim. It's more... There were extenuating circumstances, but maybe the dad could have maybe, you know, calmed down. Yeah. Well, it's like it's part of that uniqueness is just, you know, having someone who's simultaneously your father, but also you're his experiment. Right. You know, and he's like and he's just fascinated by you. And he's also now the reigning expert on changelings is in the Alpha Quadrant. I like the detail that he is helping Starfleet like. Starfleet knows something's happening with the Dominion, and they need to know everything they can about changelings, especially given that some of them may be infiltrating the Federation. Yeah. And here's a dude who can help, because he studied, you know, one from birth. Yep. Which is pretty great. I like that. Yeah. 
Like that's they didn't need to, like that had nothing to do with the story. It was just a nice little like let's it's let's good, uh, uh, throw a detail in. Yeah, it's good background. Yep, absolutely it is. Um, my bad thing mm. was okay. So basically, this story hits the same beats that um the offspring did in uh, next gen, right? Where Data uh, created his daughter and then dealt with raising a child suddenly. You know, suddenly he has a child. Mm-hmm. And it's the same basic story beats, up to and including Starfleet's going to take your baby away. Yeah. There it kind of made sense. Here, what? Yeah, no. They have no jurisdiction They have, like, okay. It's it's a federate, or it's a it's a Starfleet station. But yeah. beyond that, Odo doesn't work for them. Yeah. He works with them. Yeah. It was a, it, like, you know, a independent contractor found this thing. Yeah. Sold it to Odo, who is not in Starfleet. Right. And suddenly Starfleet's just like, oh, yeah, no, we, we want, uh, you know, you can work on this as long as you get results. But uh, if you stop, we're going to take it back to Earth. Yeah. What? How exactly do you have any right to do that at all? Like, that's some crazy totalitarian, this is our enemy and we don't care. We're going to yank your baby away and put it in a camp, like, logic. It's pretty terrible. Yeah. Um, like, seriously, Starfleet? That's like, well, it. Yeah, we're Starfleet. That that said, it does get the plot moving. Well, yeah. Like, because otherwise his touchy-feely method is never going to get anything done. He needed some of that pressure, and he needed yeah. to know what Mora went through to, you know, yeah. to understand. Nobody likes a wheatgrass baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Those are the kids who get beat up. <laughs> no, the, the home... I think you're thinking of the homeschool winner. <laughs> <laughs> homeschool is winning that's their that that is their creation by the way there was oh yeah it was a throwaway joke but the, the character they created called the homeschool winner anywho anywho any uh, any just, damn who there's there's just there's it's mostly just odo arguing with his dad yeah is this episode and then the awful comedy comedy quotes, <laughs> of uh kira's having a baby and shikar and o'brien are at odds because they both want to be staring at her vagina while it's happening i guess i guess like i don't know i don't know my feelings but, on children are well established and when they're being when they're be- entering the world i want to be as far away from them as possible have you seen well, you, have you seen babies they're wet and sticky they're they're also like you also don't plan to have one, so it's, it's not really an issue. Yeah. Ugh. No, I understand wanting... Like, I understand that's O'Brien's child. He missed the first one. Yep. He wants to be there. Shakar wants to be there because, hey, my, my girlfriend's going through some stuff, and I need to be here to support her. I gotta be a supportive you know. guy. Yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> it's just, there's a point where they're arguing, and they're arguing, and she's like... It's time. And they're still arguing. And she's like, it's time. And it's like, ugh, this old gag. Seriously? Really? Yeah, it's, it's pretty not great. Maybe while this is happening, Rom could be there painting the ceiling or something. That should be fun, <laughs> right? Hey, it's still, it, hey, Rom's not in either of these episodes, so there's still that. <laughs> that, is that was good. my original good thing, but. Uh... That's my good thing every time Rom's not. <laughs> that will be my good thing for all of Voyager and Enterprise Inclusive. Except I believe Max Grodenchik does maybe show up as a Ferengi. I don't remember. They do one Ferengi episode in Enterprise, and a couple of old Ferengi show up, I believe, and he may have been one of them. Rom's or uh, Rom and Quark's dad. Right. Um. What else? What else? I want to. I kind of want to talk about the because we haven't really talked about the Kira stuff. Yeah. Um. So Bajoran birth process. The Bajoran birth process is. Ridiculous. Um, apparently, you need to. Re- if you are not relaxed enough, the baby just stays inside of you forever. Yeah, apparently, you build up so much endorphins that it's poison, which doesn't really make sense. Maybe that's a thing that happens to humans too, and I'm I, not aware of it. I but don't it know. sounded weird. Yeah. So you have to sit in a room um, while someone plays a maracas and Chief O'Brien bangs a gong. Yeah, it goes shake a shake a gong. Yep. Shake a shake a gong over and over and over. And it's like they're yelling at him for not keeping the rhythm. Why can't she just get a like a tape? Yeah, get a recording. Yeah, just have the computer play it on a loop and then it'll be in perfect time. Yeah. Like, why does someone have to do it? Also, it's the future. Just fucking give her some drugs. Also, here's the thing we talked about. Mm-hmm. Why don't they just beam babies out of people? They beam the baby indoor in yeah, the first goddamn place. It should be the easiest thing in the world to get it back out. 
like, I mean, but seriously, like, they've established that the technology exists to beam a fetus. Mm -hmm. So clearly you can beam a fully formed, ready-to-be-born baby, right? I would think that would be how, you know, the, like, the standard for uh, for giving birth in the 24th century. I don't you know. know. My my thought is the, the, the transporter is used by the military regularly, but that civilians might see it as a little scary. You know what I mean? I like, don't know if we're like it, by this point. It's pretty transporters are still are pretty common. Yeah. Like you can use them to get all over the all over Earth or whatever. They might not have those you, on though? all Federation worlds. I'm not. I'm not super clear as to whether uh, civilians have access to them though. We saw that Nog at the Academy had access to a transporter, but yeah. like, does uh, Cisco's dad? We don't. We don't know. Does do the does the Picard family? We don't know. Like I. We th we've we've met so few civilians on Earth that I uh, we don't know. I stand by the uh, transporter bus station theory. Could be that I've had for a couple of years. Yeah, it now. could be like airports or yeah. whatever. You you have to use it, but it's owned by like a big company or by the state or yeah. whatever. That that makes sense. So I don't know. I could see maybe <clears throat> maybe not. Um, I don't know. I would think hospitals would have transporters for that kind of thing. They would be super useful for surgery. I would think so. Yeah. Much easier than cutting someone open. Yeah. Just beam it out. Mm -hmm. You got a tumor or whatever, just beam, beam it out. Beam that fucker out. And zero chance of leaving forceps in there, that's for damn sure. Yeah, <laughs> unless you beam those back in. You know, just, just fucking around. Nah. Uh -huh. You get the cancer, something goes wrong with the transporter, it comes out with like a burnt pile of bones and eyes. Ugh. Yeah. Or like a tumor with hair and teeth. Kill me! <laughs> I was trying to! <laughs> Lousy jerk ass tumor. Oh, going back to the to the bad comedy for a minute. Yes. There's a bit where Odo's carrying his his baby around in a in a coffee cup. And Worf walks up and says, Why why are you talking to your drink? And I was like, No, it's a baby. And he walks away. <laughs> And uh, and, Oda, and 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 Worf looks down at his drink for a minute, and I almost wanted him to rub his eyes, <laughs> see the pink elephant, and pour his drink yeah. out. Like it was just so like, uh, really? <laughs> why are you talking to your drink? That's no drink. It's my wife. Yep. Uh. And then he just walks away. Dum -de -dum -de -dum. <laughs> Man, I love Scrooge Dwarf. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's one of the one of the few pleasures that Odo developed while he had emotions. <laughs> I guess he always had emotions, but now he's got glands. Yep. Those are very important, we've learned from Star Trek. Yes. Well, let's just go into my quote, because we learned something else about Odo this week. Oh, please, do go on. You have a pinched nerve. Really? It comes from bad posture. Me? Ridiculous. Never seen anyone sit so straight. Exactly. You carry yourself too rigidly. That's how I've always carried myself. You haven't always had a spinal column. You're not a changeling anymore. Now that you're a humanoid, you have to learn to relax. Well, that's what you said last week. And? And it helped. That and the prune juice. So, yeah, he had problems pooping. <laughs> he was so tense he couldn't poop. I, that, I, I didn't catch that the first time, but, uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. No, you probably just heard prune juice and you're like, oh, it's another warfare. Nah, like, no, this is about something different this mm -hmm. time. I just love the idea of him coming in. To, uh, hello, doctor. Yeah, I can't poop. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I've read a bunch of books, and it says I, I should be, like, releasing waste, but it hasn't happened for Not that. really working. <laughs> Have you I tried reading a magazine? Yeah. Something, yeah. something different happened. <laughs> uh, let's see what else. Like, I was I was really surprised Dr. Mora said, uh, I, I didn't really keep any records, it's all up here. It's like, really? The Cardassians didn't force you at gunpoint? No, that keep... seems like, I, I really doubt that the Cardassians would stand for, oh yeah, let me just tell you. Yeah. No, those guys are like crazy, crazy record keepers. Yeah. They're the best record keepers in the galaxy. That's been established. Yeah, repeatedly. Oh, and at one point Odo's like, you could become a sphere or a cube or nature's most mysterious shape, the pyramid. I love that. It's a square and three triangles. How mysterious is it, Odo? Long, long, uh, long uh, 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 montages of Odo showing the changeling baby, like, all sorts of plastic things he could become. Which I like. I like, like, teaching him simple shapes. That makes sense. Yeah. But, and this, oh, 
This is the the pyramid. It's one of the most mysterious shapes. Is it? Is it really? Like I say, it's a square and three triangles. That's not very mysterious. It's mysterious. What secrets could it hold? There's no such thing as mysterious. My people went to Earth and helped build these. Yeah. I guess it would be a square and four triangles, wouldn't it? I guess. I don't know. I don't have to I don't have to know about shapes anymore. I, I can't picture a shape in my head because I'm terrible at that. Yep. But uh, please don't write it and correct it. I don't mm. care. Pyramids are math, and math is forbidden. So it's mysterious is what you're saying. Yes. Very well. I, all right. I guess Soto made my point. All right, fine. Mm, fair enough. You win this round, Odo. Yep. Um, I like at one point Odo goes to the replicator and says, uh, two glasses of champagne. And then he, he moves back and then he moves back to the replicator and says, we're celebrating. <laughs> Computer's just like, yeah, thanks. The, the replicator doesn't care, particularly the Cardassian replicator that's still in place. <laughs> definitely doesn't care. The Federation one might pretend to care. The fuck do I care what you're drinking for? Yeah. I'm a slave. <laughs> Uh, I also thought at the very end it was a nice detail when Odo shifted into a bird. Uh, well, that part was kind of goofy. But uh, I like that he left his uniform behind. Yeah. Nice bit of like, oh, yeah, they remembered right because the uniform's not part of him right now. Yeah. Well, the thing was, you know, he talked like he talked to the baby Chingling about how you th someday you're going to soar through the air like a, some kind of hawk. Tarkalian hawk. Some, yeah. some kind of uh, whatever. You, you know, alien name and then an aim of animal. Andorian. You know Bald eagle. Right. Klingon pigeon. Yeah. Romulan ale. You, you know how this Mad Libs game works. <laughs> Rising con men. <laughs> Boomhauer. Bullion Boomhauer. <laughs> no, I, I, I get it was a payoff to that. Well, yeah, stage, and you know, so. the fact that he bonded with it is like, ah, hey, we can do it together now, even though you're dead. Whatever. Yep. Oh well. Now, like I say, it was a little, a little pat that he got his powers back and all that. But on the other hand, it was. It was I, it, you know, it's a good episode. Emotional arc wise, I liked that the kid died and sort of like the the implication was his last wish was that Odo like yeah go back to normal. Like that's not exactly what happened, but Mora kind of implied that's what the deal was, and emotionally, it kind of felt right. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. And now Odo can do his thing again. Yeah. No, he's, he's the, uh, you know, slimy Odo. Right. Slimy. He's, uh, he's, he's Oscar the Grouch's worm. Yes. I can be an, a grouchy and worm. Anything else? Uh, nah. Very well. Then for the non-spoiler people, I got a big thing to talk about spoiler-wise. Yes. Let's, let's end the show before we do that. All right. So, reminder again. Hang, hang on, you gotta say it, because we're ending the show. No, I know, we're ending the show, so yes. we gotta do the oh, stuff Oh, yes, yes, first. yes, thank you, yes. Reminder that now the credits will play, and then the spoilers happen. Yeah. So, say your thing. See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2014. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun. Okay, we're back. Um, so the big thing, uh, Brian, actually, regular guest Brian Lynch pointed out uh, that we we neglected to mention last week. Uh, it will be revealed, I believe, next week or the week after, very soon, yeah. that Bashir was replaced by a changeling sometime yes. Sometime around just before they ch they switched uniforms. So, but I mean, we honestly don't know when. We don't know exactly when, but we know what's happened now. Yes. Because when we meet real Bashir, he's still wearing the old blue uniform. Mm -hmm. And now he's wearing the gray uniform. So at some point before they made the switch, he, he got replaced. And Brian's theory in that particular episode was he was sort of, like Bashir was sort of pushing for Cisco to get the surgery to remove his visions on purpose yeah which is because, actually which is a really interesting uh, yeah that was that was just some good thinking on brian's part yeah. like like uh to you know because obviously it would benefit the um the uh, dominion yeah if cisco were not enlightened yeah so that cisco's been talking cisco's, cisco's been talking to god knock that shit out right yeah, oh, i'll get on it right away uh, you should probably not have visions anymore. They're probably bad for you. 
Uh, Jake, he'll die if he doesn't get the divisions taken out, as far as you know. But then I got to thinking maybe this week he he's the one who killed the changeling. But then no, they don't harm. No, him, they so don't. That was, they, I I would much. That's the whole reason they took away Odo's powers in the first place yeah. is because he harmed another changeling. They don't do that. Yeah. No, my I would assume you know they would be trying to kidnap the changeling back to uh, the Dominion. Back yeah. to the Dominion. That's a fair but, point. Uh, no. Nope. Although it's good to know that the changeling baby did have you know about as good um, medical care as it was going to get. Yeah, like Dr. you've got Mora. a secret changeling watching over you. It definitely knows yeah. things. And don't we all wish we had a secret changeling watching over us? I know I do. I probably do. A changeling called God. What if God was a changeling? Yeah, I don't Just know. Just a slob like Quark. <laughs> uh, so the other thing I, I noticed, this isn't exactly a spoiler, mm. But Memory Alpha pointed out that Keiko's like almost completely done with the show. She shows up one more for a Molly episode and then for the finale. It's a, it, 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 a spoiler section of the show, so we can be, we can be clear here. It's a fucking terrible episode. Yeah, it's that episode where Molly gets like moved forward in time to become like a, a feral cave. Remember, girl. she falls into a hole and uh, time yeah. passes weird or something. It's, yeah, it's a like, pe- it's, it's a like, piece of shit. It's like Connor from Angel, only even worse, even dumber. Yep. And there, and you can't blame it on magic. No. That's what makes it worse. Ugh. Yeah, one of my least favorite DS9s. Fucking garbage. But uh, that's that's Keiko's last appearance apart from the finale. Yeah. So. It's weird. We got two and a half seasons left, and, and she's only in two more episodes. Miles. Yeah. Enjoy yeah. it. Enjoy it while you can, folks. I was actually starting to like her. Yep. Is the thing. The last uh, season, maybe half season, full season, something like that. Yeah, really uh, really coming around on, uh, on old Keiko. Yeah, but I mean, we got a we got a much larger uh, extended cast to to deal with. Yeah. So, uh, Martok finally coming oh, back for good. Man. I think next week. Yeah. Um, I think it still takes a while before he's like a reoccurring. I don't think character, so, but we uh, could be. I could be wrong. I don't know. It's been a while. But uh, next, I believe next week uh, we have the first part of the two parter. That is uh, the the Cardassians joining the Dominion, the prison. Uh, penal colony thing where Bashir and Martok are uh, oh and uh and Auburn Tain. Mm-hmm. so lots of lots of big stuff coming up yeah so and also next week uh the return of Eddington oh yeah so look forward to that mm-hmm. and, <laughs> for all you Eddington fans out there yeah you know who you are oh yeah you Edding Tides and Edding Tights <laughs> all right let's get out of here all right so say it again see you again folks